0: The Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly.
1: <laughs>
0: the first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick Legrand, Ken Christie, Herb Vigren, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. When your husband or one of the youngsters does the food shopping and milk is on the list, be sure they understand that when you say milk, you mean pet evaporated milk. There's a difference, as you know. There's a difference, a delicious difference, in the foods you cook with pet milk. A delicious difference in coffee, too, when you use pet milk instead of cream. And when you use pet milk in babies' bottles, what a wonderful difference that can make in sturdy, happy growth. Yes, pet milk can even make a difference in your food bill because it costs less generally than ordinary bottled milk or any other form of whole milk. And think what you get when you get pet. Good sweet country milk concentrated to double richness by evaporation. That's why we say when someone else does your food shopping for you, be sure they know that when you say milk, you mean pet evaporated milk. When a woman goes downtown to a bargain sale, there's no telling what she'll bring home, is there? The lady at 79 Westful Vista, for instance, she went down to the bond town this morning. And look what she just got home with. A traffic ticket? Oh, no.
2: Sorry, dearie.
0: Yep, it's Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh,
1: gee
3: whiz, Molly, another ticket. How could this happen, kiddo? It wasn't so difficult. Mm. Yeah, but my gosh, do you know how many traffic tickets we already
2: got this year? 3 mm-hmm. Do you know who was driving when we got them? Mm.
3: Me, so let's talk about yours. <laughs> How'd you get it?
2: Well, very simple. Yeah? I just parked in a one-hour zone at 14th and Oak. Yeah? Left the car there an hour and ten minutes, and when I came out, the policeman was waiting for me. Mm. How much? Five dollars, the man said. Oh. I'll
3: go down this afternoon and pay it. Oh, no, you won't. Ten minutes overtime and them low-browed high-binders want to soak you five bucks? By George, it's time some outraged citizen fought this sort of thing, and I'm just the sort of an outraged enough to get out and fight at citizens.
2: Now, wait a minute, dearie. Let's not start any We'll trouble. go
3: to traffic court this afternoon. I'll be your lawyer. I'll please your case. I'll handle the case myself.
2: I'll pay the five dollars.
3: You just leave it to me, kiddo. I'll tie that courtroom in knots.
2: Look, McGee, you're not a lawyer. You don't know anything about... Don't you
3: worry. I go to the
2: movies. (laughs) I know how
3: a lawyer operates. All a lawyer has to do is keep saying, I object.
2: So do I. The
3: more he objects, the better lawyer he is. And I guarantee you I'll be the most objectionable lawyer that ever walked into that courtroom. (laughs) I'll pound the table.
2: Right. Come in. Oh, it's the old-timer, McGee. Hello there, kid. Well, hi,
3: old-timer. What's new? Molly got a parking ticket downtown this morning. And I claim it's a bum rap. I happen to know a little law myself, and I'm going to fight the case for it. Well, the law's a fine thing, Johnny. I betcha. Especially for lawyers. Yeah, right. Papa was interested in it, you know. Oh, he studied law for quite a spell, kid. Oh, went to law school, did he? Nope. Papa got into a little election trouble, daughter. That's so. They caught him smuggling coonskin caps into the Taft headquarters. <laughs> Uh-oh. When he come up in court, the judge flung the book at him. Yeah? But Papa caught the book, took it to jail with him, and studied law. He studied the evidence in his own case, located a flaw, and got himself out of it. Yeah, a flaw in the evidence, eh? Nope, a flaw in the jailhouse, huh? <laughs> loose brick in the cell wall. He kicked it loose, come through it into a sewer pipe, crawled a while, pushed off a manhole cover, and found himself in the warden's office. <laughs>
2: Ah, oh, heavenly days, it must have been quite a surprise to him.
3: Yep, surprised the warden, too, daughter. Yeah? <laughs> he was holding a secretary in his lap at the time.
1: <laughs>
3: when Papa popped up through the floor, the warden liked to left out the window. Hi, <laughs> gosh, what did your father do? Well, Papa was always a gentleman, kid. Yeah? He tipped his hat politely to the lady, and he says, I beg your pardon, warden. And the warden says, "Your pardon, bud. And Papa walked out a free man. <laughs>
4: Well, I hope you do as well today, daughter. Shalom, so kids.
1: Goodbye.
0: <laughs> Billy Mills in the orchestra and Blue Tango.
3: got the wheels of justice rolling out us see the case of the people versus molly mcgee is really shaping up the
2: people yep you mean i've got them all against me now no. <laughs> what have you no, done no now?
3: no no that's just a legal term don't worry about it i've been pinned, i've been plenty busy though first i went down to city hall and got the case set for three o'clock then i stopped at 14th and oak and took a whole roll of pictures at the scene of the crime and the then a
2: pictures? I... for what
3: to show the jury Juries love to look at pictures. (laughs) Especially street scenes where they might recognize somebody they know. You gotta be tricky when you wanna be... Come in.
2: Well, hello, Dr. Gamble.
3: Good morning, my dear. And the merest nod to you, (laughs) Mallethead. Hi, wide and handsome. (laughs) You're looking fit as a fiddle today. Bass fiddle, that is. (laughs) My, aren't we in a frisky mood. Been feeding the little fellow red meat, Molly?
2: (laughs) No, Doctor. He's all steamed up about going to court this afternoon. Oh? I got a traffic ticket. Yeah. Would you like to come along and give me moral support, Doctor?
3: Well, I believe not, my dear. My last experience in traffic court was a most unhappy one. You got a ticket? (laughs) No, I was called to testify as a medical expert. Oh. In the case of Brown versus Jones, two gentlemen who had a collision. Both men admitted they'd had a glass of wine before the accident, so Brown claimed Jones was tighter than a thirty two girdle on a forty four lady. And Jones claimed Brown was higher than a flying saucer. But
2: yeah. <laughs> well, what were you supposed to do?
3: Decide who was intoxicated. Huh? Brown's lawyer said he'd been drinking sherry and gave me a glass of it to prove there could be no ill effects. Then Jones's lawyer claimed that Brown had really been drinking Sauternes and gave me a glass of that.
1: <laughs> Sounds
3: like nice work. Hmm. Then Jones's lawyer gave me a glass of Claret, which he said Jones had been drinking. But after I disposed of it, Brown's lawyer objected. Oh? He said Jones had actually had Muscatel, so I tried that.
2: <laughs> My, you were busy.
3: Hmm. At that point, the judge asked me to reach a decision and name the guilty party. I sat up very straight, and in a loud, clear voice, I announced a name. Which name? Sweet Adeline. <laughs> I understand I sang two full choruses before court was adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, uh,
1: go on. Hi.
2: Look, Jerry, if you're determined to go to court with this little parking ticket, then at least let me get the advice of an honest-to-goodness lawyer. No,
3: sir, you're safer with me. The lawyer would just charge you a big fee and sit back on his nolliprox.
2: <laughs> you don't seem to have a very high opinion of lawyers
3: No, and I got a good reason for it, too Did I ever tell you about the time my cousin Henry hired a lawyer named Root to write a writ?
2: No <laughs> I don't believe you did
3: Well, you just sit tight, Tootsie, and you'll hear all about it Henry wanted a writ written, so he went to Root and asked what was his rate to write a writ <laughs> <laughs> did
2: he charge too much?
3: No, the rate was right, but Root wrote a lot of rot that made it the wrong writ <laughs> Ah, oh, too bad. Yeah, and there wasn't time for a root to get out of the rut and rewrite the writ right, so <laughs> my cousin lost the capes because of the rotten writ that rat root wrote. Well, that's
2: just one example, McGee. I'm sure most lawyers... Hello, uh, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox.
0: Hi, Junior. Hey, I hear you. Got a parking ticket downtown this morning, Molly. Anything I can do to help?
2: Thanks, Mr. Wilcox, but I'm beyond help. McGee is going to be my lawyer. I
3: got this case all planned out. It's in the bag. And guess who's holding it. Well,
0: gee, I hope you win your case, kids. You know, I've often dreamed about being a great lawyer myself.
2: I'll bet you'd make a good one, Mr. Wilcox.
0: Well, yeah, I think so. I bet I'd always get my clients acquitted.
3: Everybody says I speak very convincingly. I think they mean constantly, Junior.
4: (laughs) I never heard anybody... Ah, I...
3: I'd face the jury and I'd say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, all that my client asks is another chance. You too, if I had another chance, I'd lock the front door. Don't send
0: this man to prison, I'd say. Send him back to his home. Send him back to his wife and big ones. Don't you mean little ones? No, I mean big ones. Those big, tall cans of pet milk.
1: <laughs> with the
0: fabulous recipes printed on the labels. Oh, those man. exciting, mouth-watering, favorite family dishes made with pet milk from the recipes on the labels. Well, the eyes of the jury fill with tears. Embarrassed
3: for you, are they, high-low? <laughs>
0: they fill with tears as they realize how cruel it would be to separate a man from those wonderful husband-tested recipes. Oh, yes. Picture my client locked in a cell, I say, away from all that he holds dear, away from the happiness... It comes only from those nourishing, doubly delicious dishes his wife prepares with pet evaporated milk. A hush comes over the courtroom. A pall is cast over the scene. Mm -hmm. Then Paul gets up and casts you out the window. (laughs) I plead, send this man home, I say, and he'll go straight. He'll make good. Yes, he'll go straight home and make good meals even better by using pet milk recipes. (laughs) It's time for the verdict. The jury leaves the courtroom.
2: I left right after their eyes filled with tears. <laughs>
0: they come back almost at once, and the foreman says, Not guilty. I've won. My client is free to go. The door is open.
3: So's the one behind you. Right. <laughs>
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: you to let him help you at that. He's a pretty good speaker, you
3: ah, know. Ah, who needs him? We're going to make courtroom history today, kiddo. I'll make headlines in every paper in town.
2: Yes, I can see them now. Attractive housewife gets 40 years for parking ah. violations.
3: Kidding, I know what I'm doing. When I get that cop that gave you that ticket on that witness stand and start popping questions at him, I'll have him so mixed up he won't know his own name.
2: I'll just bet you will. Here,
3: I'll give you a little demonstration. How a smart lawyer puts a witness's foot in his own mouth. You be the cop and I'll cross-examine you. When Counselor McGee starts... Hold it, Counselor. Come in. Oh, it's Ollie. Hi, Ollie. Hey, you're just in time to be a witness, Ollie. Huh? I don't witness nothing, McGee. I can prove I was someplace else when it (laughs) happened. No, Ollie, McGee
2: just wants you to help him here. Yeah. He's going to be my lawyer in traffic court today, and he wants to show me how he'll cross-examine the witnesses.
3: Oh, okay. i play. (laughs) Good. You just pretend you're the cop that gave Molly the ticket, see? And I've got you on the witness stand. Your name is Patrick Joseph Kelly. Oh, good gracious,
1: this is ridiculous.
3: Come on, Ollie, I want to show Molly how I can get him all tangled up. Just answer my questions. O- okay, I answer Now, here we go. Okay. Officer, what is your name? Patrick Joseph Kelly. And may all the good speeds forgive me. <laughs> did you give Mrs. Molly McGee a ticket for parking overtime? Yes, I did, B. Abers. Beavers? Beavers? That's Irish for by you know. Oh. <laughs> now watch me mix him up, you know. You claim she parked at 14th and Oak from 9.15 to 10.25. Now tell the court how you happened to see Mrs. McGee's car. Well, at 9.12, I was walking from 16th and Pine to get to 10th and Maple by 20 past nine. Yeah. And at 14th and Oak, at 9.13, I see a car come from 15th and Walnut and stop eight feet from the corner at 9.14. <laughs> oh, you were coming from 16th and Maple. 16th and Pine. Yeah. To get to 10th and Oak at 13 past 14th. <laughs> 10th and Maple at 20 past 9. Well, how did you know it was 812 when the car stopped 14 feet from the walnut? <laughs> 914, when the car stopped 8 feet from the corner, I look at my watch. Is it a good watch? Oh, sure. It uh, has 17 yules, and I buy it in 1935 from a shop at 18th and Yeah. That's how I know the car stopped at 914 when I was going to 10th and Maple. <laughs> oh. It's got fourteen elms and you bought it from a shop at nineteenth and thirty-five. Seventeen yules from a shop at eighteenth and Elm. Yeah, and fifteen twenty. Nineteen twenty five. Well, how could you be sure? How could you be sure the elms stopped thirty five feet from the corner of nineteenth and jewel, and all you've got is a cart with seventeen walnuts that you bought from at the mental well,
1: shop? I object. He I object.
3: <laughs> Thank goodness I'm a
4: free man. <laughs>
0: King's Man and A round the corner beneath the berry tree.
4: A round the corner, woohoo, beneath the berry tree. A long footpath behind the bush, looking for Emily. Emily? Emily. Oh, tonight all the folks will cut the corn, cut the corn. Tonight I'll be glad that I was born. I was born for my Emily, I'll see. She'll be cutting corn with me, and we'll meet beneath the bitter berry tree on the corner, ooh, 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 beneath the berry tree, mm-hmm. hey, along the wood behind the bush, looking for Emily. Emily, Emily. Oh, tonight all ah, the stars are shining bright, shining bright. Tonight all ah, the cornfields are a sight. I have reached the meeting spot, but my Emily has not, and I wonder can it be that she
1: forgot?
4: <laughs> hey, around the corner. Berry tree, Along the footpath behind the bush, looking for Emily. Tonight, as the moon begins to sing, sing, sing. Tonight, there are footsteps which I think, which I think will at last bring her to me, my beloved Emily. But I don't see why so late she has to be There on the corner the berry tree, B- and on the footpath behind the bush, B- looking for Emmy, Lee. Emmy. Emmy oh! I told Emily to go away, far away, but now I am sad she didn't stay, didn't stay. and tomorrow night if she comes looking round for me.
3: Bitter tree. Around <laughs> hey, the corner, Woods Beneath the Berry Tree. the <laughs> <of> <laughs> behind the bush, looking for Emily.
2: I'm scared, McGee. What are you
3: scared about? Gee who's you got me for your lawyer, haven't you? What more could you want? An
2: airplane ticket to South America. <laughs> Look, dearie, it's not too late to go home, is it? We could call up and tell them we're mailing the fine. No, children. sir,
3: they can't intimidate us.
2: Speak for yourself. I'm intimidated half to death.
3: We've got our rights, Molly. According to the Constitution of the United States, every criminal is entitled to a fair trial. And you're just as good as any other criminal. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Patrick Henry.
3: <laughs> we'll let Judge seize my courtroom technique. I'll dazzle him. I'll fracture him. Come on inside. There's Mayor LaTrivia sitting back there, see? I asked him to come in as a character witness because we may need This is Molly McGee. Is Mrs. McGee in the courtroom?
2: Oh, dear. We barely made it. Here she is. I mean, I'm her, sir. Yeah, yeah
3: Mrs. McGee is us, bud. Uh, uh, you, 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 the judge? No, I'm the bailiff, mister. Oh. That's Judge Blake sitting on the bench.
2: Bench? Looks like a swivel chair.
3: In court, Molly, they call a chair a bench because a judge's seat is too wide to get a. Little...
4: Order, please.
3: Order in the court. Take the stand, Mrs. Okay.
2: McGee. Yes, Judge. Now
3: then, Mrs. McGee, you're charged with parking over the legal limit at 14th and Oak this morning. Guilty or not guilty? Guilty. I object. That question is immature and rear elephant. On account of because she's liable to incriminate herself. Now, just a minute here. Who is this man, bailiff?
1: He's my... I'll
3: tell him, Molly. I'm the man that he represents, this poor, innocent little girl. Counselor McGee. Hmm. Are you a practicing attorney, Mr. McGee? I'm all through practicing. I'm working at it now. <laughs> I see. Well, let's get on with the case. Is the arresting officer in court? Right here, Your Honor. Good. Just tell us in your own words about this arrest, officer. Yeah. Let's hear your version of it. A likely story, probably. <laughs> Fine. Let's hear this. Well, Your Honor, I was riding my beat, maintaining law and order, and writing out parking tickets... While they held up the bank. While they held up... They did not! (laughs) Nobody holds up any banks on my beat. I maintain law and order... Officer, don't panic. Just (laughs) proceed with the testimony. (laughs) Yes. Well, sir, I saw this defendant park her car and go into Boundtown, so I chopped the time on her tire. 9.15. 9.15. Then I went to the Walt's malt shop. Pinched a waitress. Pinched a waitress. I did that!
1: <laughs> I had a cup of
3: coffee. Oh. I rode my beat to 10.25, and Mrs. McGee's car was still parked there. I took out my book, reached into my cap... And got a banana. And got a banana. Make <laughs> you stop Pastor! Quiet, McGee. Quiet, McGee. Oh, intimidating a witness, eh? I object. Objection overruled. Order in the court. Order in the court. Shut up, bailiff. Shut up, bailiff. Oh, that's
2: me. (laughs) Quiet, everybody. Quiet. May I say a word, Your Honor?
3: Please do, Mrs. McGee. Somebody ought to make sense here.
2: Well, I just want to say that I'm sorry. I'm not in the habit of breaking the law, but I just didn't realize how long I was in the ton. Right.
3: It could happen to anybody. And we got a witness right here to tell you that my client is not a criminal. Mayor Latrivia, front and center. Uh, thank you. If your honor pleases, I've been asked to appear for this lady, although I'm not quite... Well, here. the court is honored, your honor. Bailiff, let his honor through the railing there. Uh, yes, your honor. This way, your honor. Uh, thank, you. thank you. You know this defendant, your honor? Very well, your honor. Well, how long has your honor known? Uh, many years, your honor. Now, I do not presume to judge the merits of this case, Your Honor But if Your Honor pleases, she is an honest, law-abiding citizen I'll swear to that, Your Honor On your honor, Your Honor?
1: <laughs>
3: on my honor, Your Honor If you two, Your Honors, will stop yacking for a minute We can get on with letting this defendant go We've heard the evidence I vote for acquittal How do you vote, Molly? Acquittal? Okay, that settles the whole... <laughs> All right, that will do I understand the defendant admits her guilt. Is that correct?
2: Yes, Your Honor. So
3: what? If she wasn't just an ordinary citizen, she wouldn't even be here. If she was a big shot, she wouldn't have got a ticket in the first place. Quiet! Okay, I'll be quiet. McGee, I should hold you in contempt of court for that. What's that? Let me tell you that in this court, (laughs) every defendant is treated alike. Oh, yeah? If the governor of this state violates our laws... He will be punished. Oh, yeah, well, that's all I wanted to hear you say, Buster, or Judge.
2: <laughs> Hand me
3: that big brown envelope, Molly.
2: This one? Right.
3: Your Honor, I have here a set of pictures I took myself with my little brownie <laughs> this morning. This is the corner where my wife was arrested. Very interesting, but I don't know what... Take a expect. look at them. Take a look at them. See that black car against the fire plug there? That belongs to His Honor Mayor Latrivia.
1: <laughs> see him
3: sitting behind the wheel. What? Let me see that. <laughs> is that you? Is that you, Your Honor? Parked next to a fireplug. Oh uh, well, uh, yes, yes, it is. But I can explain, Your Honor. I merely—I I, was—I was—you. Uh, Come to think of it, I can't explain either.
2: <laughs> I'll say you can't. Oh, that's a good picture, Mr. Mayor. Yes. That's
3: Miss Newell with you, isn't it?
1: She's cute. Never mind. I pay... <laughs> Who do I
2: pay?
3: Just... <laughs> Just pay the bailiff, Your Honor. Five dollars, Your Honor. Yeah, oh, thank you, Your Honor. Here, uh, bailiff. Take it, take it, take it. Now, that's the stuff, Your Honor. Now, take a look at this picture here. You recognize that green sedan? You're it's... fine, Mrs. McGee. It's also a... Sedan. Let me see that. Right there in front of Kramer's drugstore where it says absolutely no parking. Whose car? Well, I. mm, That is. mm. Bailiff, take this $10. Mark Mrs. McGee's fine paid and mine too. That's my car, McGee. And that's my point, Jack.
2: That's my hero, boys, Counselor McGee.
0: and Molly return in a moment. Do you know why so many good cooks would rather use pet evaporated milk than any other kind? Because pet milk is actually twice as rich as bottled milk in all the nourishing whole milk substances. You see, all cow's milk is about 87% water. By evaporation, the pet milk people take out a little more than half that water. All the nourishing milk substances stay in. But with so much of the water removed, you get those substances in concentrated form. And that's why good cooks like pet milk. You can use it in place of cream, just as it pours from the can, even in place of whipping cream. And for cooking, you can decide for yourself just how rich you want pet milk to be by the amount of water you put back into it. You can add just a little water, or to give it the same consistency as the good sweet country milk had before evaporation, you can mix pet milk with an equal amount of water. And remember, pet evaporated milk, the first all-purpose form of milk, Costs less generally than ordinary bottled milk. Get some at your grocer's tomorrow.
2: Wasn't that Judge nice, McGee? Yep. Believe me, I'll be careful where I park after this. <laughs> Car's right down here. Uh oh. What's the matter? Look, ticket on the windshield.
3: What? Why, those dirty rats, giving us a ticket while we're in court. Give me that ticket.
2: Here. What does it say? It says,
3: oh, oh, would you take $700 cash for this car? (laughs) See Smiling Joe, the friendly pirate, at 14th (laughs) and... Oh, good night.
2: Good night, Al.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is an emergency plea for funds from your American Red Cross. Your money is urgently needed to help fight the current flood disaster. Please send your donation immediately to your nearest Red Cross chapter. When a young married couple decides not to let a baby make a difference in their way of life, it can develop into a kind of comedy of errors as you'll hear in the story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. Right after the story comes Mary Lee Taylor's recipe of the week for Spanish fruit cream, a nourishing pet milk dessert that's easy to make and good for every member of the family. Don't miss the big double feature, Mary Lee Taylor program, next Saturday morning on NBC. NBC. <laughs>
3: It's Eddie Cantor's show business show on NBC.